Welcome to PB and Style, the perfect podcast sandwich, where host Andrea Patrick empowers, educates, and encourages you to find your inner influencer and personify their brand. She'll have you tapping into your authentic authority and engaging in a real way. Remember, leadership is a journey, not a destination. Enjoy today's dish. everybody today on the podcast we have with us Jackson Callum and he is the awesome founder of passionpro.org and we're going to be talking to him today about that about just that passion in your business how to get it how to find it how to keep it um, and he is amazing I met Jackson um, via Facebook um, as you guys all know Facebook is amazing to meet new people and grow your business and that's kind of where I met him inside of his Facebook group unfortunately I posted a little something I wasn't supposed to and he was so kind and oh. me. thank you Jackson for not like blasting me out of the group you know um, but he was amazing and uh, we've become I don't know I, what would you call us I'm gonna say we're friends because I talked to him a couple mm -hmm. times now and uh, he has been so gracious and offered his time or given me his time I would say I asked him for it to be on this podcast so Jackson welcome 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 well thank you so much Andre I'm so glad to be here and uh, really happy that you invited me out um, so like you said uh, we have a lot of uh, harmony between us and what we're up to so I couldn't be happy to be here awesome awesome so I want to dive right in because I want everybody to get the maximum amount of information from you and the time we have together so tell us let's just start this off right a little bit about yourself and your entrepreneurial journey. Tell us how you got here. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, you know, I don't have an elevator pitch for that one, uh, but I'll, I'll do my best on it. Um, so I, I grew up a, uh, a fairly passionate individual. Um, if anything, I've, I've learned to bridle that over the years, thank goodness, a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, I was raised by my mom and, and five sisters. Um, so a uh, single mom of, of six, uh, trying to take care of us and make ends meet. Um, you know, she, she was the, she was an entrepreneur, um, you know, and, and, uh, not in the, the best of ways. She wasn't a multimillionaire. She wasn't a Gary Vaynerchuk or Dave Ramsey. Uh, she just did everything that she could to grind it out to make, uh, the money we needed each month to provide for her family. So helping her run her little gas station north of San Antonio, um, uh, you know, it showed me a little bit about the, the freedom that was available to her to be with her kids, um, but also the challenges that come with running your own business, uh, being accountable to yourself, having employees that uh, sometimes steal from you, um, people that steal from your store and stuff like that, too. So yeah. um, I've gotten the, you know, the, the goods, the bads and the uglies um, of entrepreneurship early. Um, and uh, at the same time, that led me to probably have the independent spirit that I have. So I fell in love with startups uh, right after I got married to my wife and um, had the opportunity to work with three different uh, technology startups uh, that all made it to what I call very successful um, uh, territory. Um, so I've had a lot of fun um, with my career and, and uh, gotten to work with Jake Larson of Video Power Marketing. Uh, he's the YouTube ad expert of the world. Um, and just getting to, to see how, you know, Squatty Potty came about, um, if you've seen that on YouTube, um, you know, being part of that uh, a team that was 
was influential in that process and uh, work on viral video ad campaigns to uh, Facebook campaigns that many of you are familiar with. Um, it's just been a it's just been a roller coaster and a blast. Well, I already lucked out when I found you. I feel the same, uh, Andrea. So there's a lot we can all learn from each other, and uh, you know your passion as well has has been inspiring already. So you said something earlier um, that I just I had to write it down because it was so familiar to something that I've been saying. You mentioned. Um, your personality type is one that's a little more energetic and you've had to learn how to dial it down a little bit in business. And mm. that's something that I think this conversation is going to um, really bring out and people are going to understand between the two of us that um, when you really become familiar with your true value and who you are and kind of how you want to do business, you do learn how to manage the volume of your personality given the circumstances you're, you're in. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up early because I'm sure right. throughout this conversation we're going to come back to that and people will be able to see sort of what that looks like and maybe even see it in action because I get a little excited and have to dial myself back a little bit when I get into <laughs> conversations that are really good. So I think that's going to be fun. Um, Absolutely. So, <laughs> what would you say um, has been maybe a defining moment. I know that you mentioned your mom and her business and, and um, the, that walk you saw as an entrepreneur and sort of being a trigger for you, but has there been any other maybe in recent months or in like as you begin your own journey as an entrepreneur that have defined maybe your own uh, entrepreneurial path? Absolutely, and in fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to a, a childhood experience again. Uh, you know, Kevin. Um, oh, Kevin. Um, so when we uh, when we when I was little, um, I really liked doing the uh, the fundraising projects. Um, you know, it just seemed like I don't know if you know, you're familiar with that, but our school district used to do a lot of fundraising with candy bars. The candy bars. You know, uh huh. The candy bars. That's right. So uh, I always imagined, you know, becoming this multi-billionaire. Um, <laughs> you know, going door to door selling these candy bars. So my mom would drive me around around the neighborhood, and I'd knock doors. Um, you know, this was in a, a time when you could do that safely. Um, so I'd go knock doors and sell my little candy bars, and it was just I was crushing it, right? So um, at the end of the contest, I get back to the school, and um, and I placed a uh, very, very solid second um, and was so upset. And Kevin, who beat me and won the competition and got all the, the coolest of the prizes, his dad, all his dad did was take those chocolate bar boxes to his corporate office mm -hmm. and set them on his desk. And so everybody who came by bought those candy bars. He crushed me didn't sell a single candy bar himself. Mm. So that uh, experience led me to think about and understand early on the power of delegation. And so while I was, I was mad at Kevin <laughs> initially, yeah, obviously yeah. I'm over that, but it's, it's fun to remember the uh, emotions I had in that moment of, of losing and just losing badly. Uh, delegation is one of the key factors uh, that's helped me get to where I am is understanding that I don't have to do everything myself, and I don't have to do everything the hard way. Um, you know, if you, if you work smart and you work right and do the right things, uh, if you leverage 
and work with those who have strengths that you don't have access to, you're going to go much further than if you try to do it all by yourself. See, that's really good. And I, I have a question here to ask you what was some of the best marketing advice you give to someone in your entrepreneurial aspirations. But I'm thinking that just business advice in general is just like delegate. Learn how to do what you do best. You know, I heard, um, uh, it was, I don't know if it was a podcast or if I was reading a book, I can't remember which one, but they said if you are a, a, like a three or a four, in terms of your ability to do something, like you, you're, you can only get it done at like level mm-hmm. three, four, then you should delegate that task to someone who's a level seven, eight, or nine, ten, because those those people know how to do it, and you're wasting so much time at your three to four level trying to figure it out and get it done that it's just it's just better for you to delegate that task and give it to someone else and operate in your strength where you're a seven, eight, nine, ten, somewhere in there. And that's basically about the same thing you're saying. You know, mm-hmm. you have to delegate those things that are taking you too much time to figure out on your own or, you know, you're right. Delegation is key like in that. business. That, that's even nerdier than I've ever heard. Um, I love it. Um, you know, from if you're three or four to seven to eight, I'm, I'm a little less complicated than that. I, I don't want to delegate my entire life, um, but it's one of the things I encourage the CEOs I work with. Um, so when Jake Larson and I were working together, uh, I made it a point to help him and help the team understand, Jake, you need to be golfing. You need to be uh, podcasting and interviews. You need to be the face of the company and completely free yourself up of operations as much as possible. And that that goes all the way up to, you can look at Richard Branson, who's got several CEOs that run his companies, an executive secretary that follows him around. And, you know, they're, they're trained to handle and be entrepreneurial so that, he can have his mind free to create and be there for, you know, really those really have his mind free to be inspirational, be the dreamer and push the vision forward rather than getting caught up in the muck. Now that doesn't mean that you don't want to be involved as well. There's, there's a balance to be had there. Um, but we should be looking to uh, empower those around us to do what they do best for sure. I just hear you say that. I'm like, yes, yes, Jackson, yes. Now it's it's great. (laughs) Um, Tell me, I want to know, let's talk a little bit about business and stuff. I want to know, um, since we're both sort of in that marketing space, what do you think keeps small businesses from utilizing more strategic marketing? It's a great question. And and I think it boils down, uh, there's there's a million things, and that's, I think it boils down to distraction. Uh, we we live in a society and in a time when it, you know this is the age of information and information overload is a real thing. I think we need to slow down. Um, and don't get me wrong, we're, we're at this breakneck pace, but uh, you got to treat yourself like you're in an airplane. You don't feel that breakneck pace when you're in an airplane. Um, you, know, you can quiet your mind. You can think. You can move normally and naturally. Uh, if people would slow down and focus on the boring part, the principles behind marketing, they'd realize that all of these platforms and all of these arenas, they follow the same principles. And if you learn to, uh, if you learn the principles of marketing what and why what works, then you can focus in on what you need to do to move the business forward. Now, that's easier said than done. It's simple. But usually things that are simple aren't necessarily easy. Um, so that's where I think it starts, though, is they're just distracted and trying to be everything to everyone or be everyone everywhere is rather than focusing. 
I think you're right. And, and not just be where everyone is, but do like everyone else does. I think they're, you know, right. a lot of people are just trying to be somebody else. Keep up with the Joneses, yeah, you know. Yeah, they, they try to do what everyone else is doing. And, you know, I've been there and done that. When I first started, I thought I had to do, I started out uh, doing, um, uh, try to do fashion blogging and realized very quickly that was not my forte. I don't like being in front of the camera. I don't, you know, my idea of wardrobe is more about style. It's not about fashion. I don't try to keep up with trends. I might know what they are, and I might incorporate them into my style. But I just realized very quickly that I couldn't do it the way it was being done. And, um, and so you just learn quickly, but I just find that, with marketing just in general, people find a cookie cutter uh, strategy and they try to use that for themselves and then don't really see the results they want, I guess. And That's I true, too. And then, and then it becomes more of a, oh, it doesn't work, marketing's not, you know, that's, I don't really need that, I'm selling it on my own, word of mouth, you know, do you hear that a lot? Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, there's, there's, I don't know if there's two different types of markets or if it's just a matter of us following different things in different areas of our life. But uh, I feel like those who are on the computer savvy side, uh, we do tend to gravitate towards just reading too much and getting too many principles and too distracted by all the different, different tactics. And then I look at the small and medium businesses in a population, uh, a popular city like San Antonio, that's still kind of old school. And I see people who are a little bit more complacent in their marketing strategies mm. and stuff. And one of the things that I, I see drives that is the amount of times that they have uh, been cheated, um, you know, on a, on a marketing scam or deal. And I, I don't necessarily mean in, I, I use that term pretty freely and openly. I'm not talking about just, uh, hey, I'm sending you an email from Europe and I want your money. I'm talking about, everybody being the best at search engine optimization and search right. engine optimization being the number one key to the California gold rush. And they invest, invest, invest in several companies that don't know what they're doing because they've overhyped it. Um, and then they don't have any funds left over for something else. Groupon is a great example of that. And I, I don't like the Groupon model because so many salons and spas back in the day, and they still do it, but um, more prominently back when Groupon was so hyped up, they would get on the Groupon and offer the 50 to 90% off deal, and then the rep would be a, a friend to them because they're just – these small to medium business owners, they're good people. You know, they just – they see everybody as friends. They don't look at it as a business decision. They're not going to fire you if you don't get results. Um, so the Groupon person, after two, three runnings, says, hey, run it again. You know, you'll get the results. And, and then all of a sudden – their customers get addicted to the coupons and realize, wait a second, why am I going to go and pay full price when I know they're going to run another Groupon? Exactly. And their customers just wait to come in for that. Um, so, uh, you know, some of it is we, we have to be, again, dedicated to the principles of marketing and of education as well. Um, you can't just bet on what somebody else teaches you. Um, you, have to, you have to use your mind and, uh, you know, look for who's, who's – is it logical? You know, is it is it sustainable or is it a trend? You know, if that and that's that's great, and that leads me into this next question because I think it's important for listeners and people reading the blog post and hearing this to to really know what that means, knowing your customers. So 
you hear other marketers say you need a customer avatar or whatever, you need to know your niche mm -hmm. and understand your target audience. What does that mean and how does one go about finding them for someone who's listening? Because I know, I, you know, we're both in marketing, we've been through that training, you know, where we kind of understand yeah. what that means, but when you're just a layperson started a business and you don't really know anything about marketing, that's a harder question to answer. You don't really know how to go find who who is what is a niche and how do you spell it and where do you find it and and you know hmm. how do you get this information because when you do go to those marketers, you know, those you're going to get some help. That's where they start you off. They always start you off at yeah. who's your audience? Do you know who your audience is? And that is a, a question that will stump someone if they aren't familiar with the term or how to go find it. I'm, I'm really glad that you brought this up um, because honestly, this was a huge weakness of mine for uh, pretty much my entire career as an entrepreneur and as a coach up until maybe January of this year. Um, and why I say that is because it, it, think of it like transitioning from uh, being a professional basketball player to a coach. A lot of times, those who are the best at the sport are the worst at coaching, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and if you look at Michael Jordan's shooting coach or Steph Curry's shooting coach, they're usually nobodies in terms of names that you would think of or know um, because they, they, they specialize in teaching that particular skill, right. not necessarily the, the well-roundedness. So as, a, as I, I honestly had a gift for understanding audience. And that really hurt me when it came to helping people understand the importance of it because I skimmed over the topic. It just came naturally to me. Um, the same way that I would say video marketing, um, in a lot of sense, skimmed over branding. Um, they, they didn't see the power of branding. They're conversion specialists. But Jake is such a gifted brander. Um, he just has this natural ability to portray that, that he didn't realize that that's something that's super necessary to also teach people. So mm -hmm. with audience, I started to listen to John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire. If anybody from uh, Fire Nation is listening, um, you, you know who that is. If not, definitely out. Uh, John is amazing. Uh, so JLD teaches customer avatars, like you said, from the get-go. Um, and he has a pretty good, uh, I shouldn't say pretty good, he has a phenomenal uh, outline of how to get started with defining your customer audience. Um, and then my absolute favorite podcaster, Pat Flynn of Smart Passive Income, he did this amazing interview. It's one of his top downloaded podcasts with Clay Collins of Lead Pages. And he just did a second interview with Clay Collins, um, I want to say a few weeks ago, maybe it's been a few months. Uh, but when I listened to it, uh, Clay broke down how to get to that seven-figure point. Um, and his first step was talking about how you have to not just define your audience, but build your, build your audience before you launch a product or service. Mm -hmm. And get to that 2,000 point. If you can get to where you got 2,000 people who are following a program or a process and understanding what you do, let that audience then mold and shape what they want from you. And that's going to set you up for success. Rather than creating a product that you think is wonderful to your perspective or others and then forcing it on an audience and hoping and praying, uh, asking the audience openly and, and finding from them 
what they're looking for. Anyway, I'm not going to define that too much further, but definitely let's link to that resource and let's link to that podcast and the resources because Clay Collins uh, does a fantastic job yeah, of breaking. Down, so I can I can go pull that for for everyone. Um, that's amazing. And you know, um, so what I like to talk to people about, I guess I approach all this from the other side of the coin because, like, if you take the same coin, you do have that customer avatar. But if you flip that coin over, there has to be sort of a brand avatar as well because the whole point of understanding who your customers are is to build a relationship with them. And I think that in order to build a relationship, you kind of have to have some connectivity, some relativeness. You know, you've got to have some experiences that they, they understand and vice versa. And so I wonder what your thoughts are on that. Do you find that um, um, even though, yes, it's important for you to know who your customer avatar is and to really understand them, um, that there has to be some way for your, you, the person actually trying to sell to them or um, you know, get them to uh, take advantage of your services, do you find that if there has to be some relationship building and that that requires the person actually doing the selling to, to sort of present themselves in a way that's attractive to the audience? I love it. Preach. <laughs> Teach me. Like, Go. Like, no, like, seriously, talk about this. Uh, I'm now interviewing you. So uh, brand avatar, uh, you're right. It's not talked about enough. So let me give you the platform real quick. Seriously, go for like 30, 45 seconds. Tell me about it. Like, what, what, what do you give as the top three tips for making that happen? Well, you know, so I talk, I talk about value, like um, understanding your own value and, and really being introspective and figuring out where your policies and procedures and how your customer, um, your, your brand culture, what it looks like. And, and I talk about visibility and, and, and how you present yourself to the customer avatar in the first place. How are you going to announce yourself to them? And, um, and then the voice how they recognize you when you're not there, if it is just you on social media, if they, um, I, I, I akin it to um, them knowing you, your voice, and your style so much that if they, uh, it's like a friend, your best friend, if he walks into a store and he sees a sofa and he'll say, oh, my God, that, that is so Jackson. I could so see that in Jackson's house. <laughs> I feel like the customer avatar should recognize the brand avatar in that way, you know, and I love it. in order for you to really get to that level, you have to sort of uh, get to the foundation of you and then build that up. And Because I don't care how many employees you have. I don't care how big your company is. Um, that culture stems from you. It stems from the top. Yep. Um, and so the only I would way agree with that. Well, thank you, Jackson. Listen, we've really been hitting the P&B pretty hard. Let's take a quick break before we get into the style of it all. Stay tuned, guys, for the rest of the deliciousness here with Jackson Callum from Passion Pro. Your mission, should you choose to accept, is to discover your passions and develop the confidence to pursue it full time. Jackson Callum is your handler, and he's confident he has what it takes to contribute to the building of your dreams and visions. Visit www.jcaidigital.com and let Jackson help you unlock your potential and create your legacy. 
Okay, just before that break, you were right about to drop some more of that amazing knowledge on us. So why don't you go ahead with that, Jackson? Hit us with that deliciousness. I think that I think that one thing that we have to be careful of as as uh, branders and people is that it it's so hard to express our voice in in many different channels. Um, I'll, I'll refer back to Clay Collins one more time. He talks about how we, you know, really you want to master one channel first. So if that's podcasting, mm-hmm. just do that. If it's uh, video, just do that. If it's Facebook, just do that. If it's Twitter, just do that. Like he says stick with one. If it's, and now he goes as far as if that's networking and strategic partnerships, just do that. So for those of us who are less um, visual or like my my design skills suck, to be honest. I outsource that all day. I'm a one on design. Um, so the uh, the idea of it, like, I am expressive in that way, but I don't know how to clearly define my style when it comes to design. Um, so I, I'm that's not necessarily how a brander would look at, and a branders have, they look at my site, they look at me and they say, dude, your fonts are all over the place. You're, you know, you don't have a color palette. You don't have your, you don't have a, you know, the right sizes. And, stuff. and I'm like, Oh, like I, I would love to. I really do. I want to know how to do that, but I don't quite know in that term who I am. But when it comes to my voice and it comes to how I treat people and it comes to how I talk to people and interact with people, that's where uh, my brand will be consistent. And I think people will, uh, I think that's where people gravitate to me and, and realize that, okay, um, when they hear Jackson speak or when they talk to him on the phone or they, um, you know, hear my lessons come out or read my content. Um, that's where people may not see visually like what, what type of couch I would have or what I might wear. Um, but I think when it comes to stories and the value that I would, would teach or provide, that's where they might connect with me. But I love what you're doing because I need a checklist. Um, Andrea, I think it's a great topic. For you. But you know, Jackson, here's the thing, because I'm, I'm so glad that you said that, because I think that that is sort of a disconnect that is my, it's my fault that I have uh, struggled with in that when we talk about visibility, we talk about value, voice, and visibility. I'm not, the manifestation of all those things are what the images look like. That, that comes later. But just like you said, when you, you know what you want to say and how you want to say it and you understand uh, when people talk to you, they can relate and all that. I'm talking about that foundational, that fundamental thing, that, that presence of you. And I think, I know yeah. you did on your, in your Facebook group, you posted about uh, a place where you can go get images. Do you remember? Yep. And, yeah, picks of it. Yes, and you uh, you asked, I, said, I don't remember what I said, but she was like, I want to see what that looks like. But the next yep. day, I put an image out, and yep. the image wasn't anything that I did myself, but mm-hmm. when I looked at that image, that image said what I wanted it to say based on who I was and what, what I was trying to project to the world. That's what I mean. You don't have to be Not- a graphic designer. You don't have to know anything about font. But when I talk to my graphic designer and when, I, and when I write, I find fonts that say what I want them to say. They, they give the um, impression that I want them to give. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, I, and I'll, I'll default back to I get one, of, one of your questions that you sent me um, before the podcast was about the best advice I could give to people 
who maybe want to follow their entrepreneurial spirit. And I think that ties in what my answer would be to this. Mm -hmm. And my, my answer is going to be the same every day of the week for this. And that's your why should make you cry. You've got to know why you do what you do. And the more whys you have that, that make you cry when you think, not just, you know, it's not necessarily in your first thought about them, but the deeper that impact has on you, the, the more purpose-driven you will be, the more you will know that you're pursuing the path that means the most to you, that it will be in line with your passions, that it will be in line with your purpose. Um, so uh, defining your why, that's one of the biggest reasons why, uh, one of the biggest purposes of my upcoming courses um, are to help people figure out their whys. And, again, that, that changed everything for me, um, coming to understand what my whys were and why I do what I do. That is awesome, and I think that it's so, I mean, I don't have to just, just send people that way because what I help, I mean, I feel like I'm like right before that because in, in finding your why, I'm finding out, I want people to understand not only their why, but how they got to that why in the first place, where right. all that stuff came from, what influenced all of that why, and that's the makeup. Exactly. And I, 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 that's why I enjoy talking to you so much, and, and even in the few times that we've spoken, I really enjoy um, talking to you because you get it. You understand that the passion we have, and, and, and again, we go back to the very beginning with the volume and being able to adjust the volume of your personality. It's an understanding the why that you'll know when to, to, to raise the volume of your personality up and when to lower it down because you'll be passionate about making sure your circumstances for optimal success are there. That's what I call them. Like You have to um, know yourself enough and understand your why enough to create these circumstances for optimal success. And that is, in my opinion, how you get to the next level in whatever it is you're trying to do from wherever you are. Because you, Amen. Right, you have to you have to really be able to express that to someone else. And I may not be the best at a lot of things, but when I talk to someone about um, understanding their um, how to connect their personalities to their brand and how to understand their value, voice, and visibility, when I'm talking in workshops and stuff, I mean, it's so pa- I'm so passionate about it that I do have to adjust my volume <laughs> of my personality mm-hmm. sometimes because I get taken away and I see. I can see when the light bulb starts to go off in people and what they're, oh, I get it. I understand it. Oh, you're right. And that's an exciting moment. And you get there by understanding your why, right? You've got to know what the end result is going to be. Why are you working with this person? What was the whole point? Like, why is this passion for me? And how can I get this person excited about it? It's awesome. I think what you're doing is awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And you're, you're absolutely right. You're reflecting on a skill that is sometimes leveraged as a tactic. Um, not that not that tactics are wrong, um, but they sometimes they come with a negative connotation. And uh, so what I'm referring to is the ability to mirror your audience. Um, you know, we, we really need to know how to do that. And it's it's not you know in some in some regards it's treated as a sign of disrespect. Um, you know that oh you know when you when you talk to a certain audience you talk one way and two faced you know in oh, fact ethanol did a wonderful bit on this for uh, Hugh Jackman uh, Wolverine um, and how you can't be Wolverine and in Broadway uh, like people felt <laughs> so betrayed you know and so he did this two sides um, thing on SNL and it was hilarious 
Um, and we, we sometimes act like people have to box themselves in to just be one person. But mm-hmm. here's the truth. When I, when I lived in Uruguay for two years and learned Spanish, um, it, you know, if I had just, A, if I had tried to force everybody to speak English, I mean, I couldn't have been more rude in that context. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I saw something happen often with Latinos who were in the country who uh, there's different dialects. People speak different ways. You know, so when I go to New York, I'm going to speak a little differently than when I speak to my grandpa from exactly. Texas. Exactly. And again, some people see that as kind of a two-phase nature, but and and absolutely, it's absolutely not. Once you've learned a foreign language and you've learned to adopt a new culture, you're fitting in. You know, That's you're right. relating to people. You're speaking to people in the way that they need you to speak to them. So sometimes that means, you know, dialing back if you're speaking to uh, some of the. Asian cultures, I love their reverence, you know, that they portray. The ability to meditate, the reserved nature, the, mm-hmm. they see respect in a different form. Um, you're going to see me change and shift the way that I communicate with people from different places um, as a sign of respect for who they are in their culture and um, understanding and, and empathy. I think that goes straight to this question I had about what advice you'd give to aspiring entrepreneurs about being their true self. I really think that that speaks mm-hmm. to that because you're right. You know, that's how you get to that point where you can make those adjustments, understanding your true self and understanding your true why, knowing when it's time to dial things back and when you can sort of dial things up a bit to get your point across or to interact or to, to get noticed or whatever the case may be. But it's important for you to really um, to know like you said, your true why. I'm glad you're going to be helping people with that. Um, I'm so excited about it. I can't wait. So before we before we go any further, tell us a little bit about who inspires you to continue on in what you're doing. Oh man, that's a. You know what? I'm actually going to leave this a little broad. Um, everyone, to be honest, um, this is and there's a why behind that 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 drove that. But uh, I truly believe in humanity and that people want to be good. Um, now, I know there are exceptions to that. Um, you can look no further than my own father, um, unfortunately. But the, uh, the, the, the idea that most people want to be good and don't know where to go, I, I grew up in two homes. Um, my mom's home with my, my mom and my, my uh, five sisters. And everything about that home was love and respect and just... I mean, amazing. I couldn't have asked for a better upbringing. But going to my dad's home where, I mean, you had hate and abuse and, you know, drugs and everything that that you wouldn't want in a home uh, led me to realize that over time, the pain that came from that and the disappointment uh, that that came from um, having a dad that was in and out um, of, of your life led me to realize that I didn't want anybody else to, I knew that I knew people had it worse than I did a lot worse. Um, and knowing that and knowing what I had on the flip side, I had that out that other people don't have drove me to realize I, I can't sit back and let people live like that. I, I can't let them sit there not knowing that there is a better option out there, that there is a, a, uh, there's a, there's a life of happiness. It does exist. Some people don't get that, get that vision. They don't get to see that for some reason. And, uh, so I'm so very driven to help people figure that out. And, uh, again, I think it, it comes down to understanding 
your why and your purpose and understand that you do have purpose in this life. And uh, some people need help figuring that out, turning the flashlight on and, and uh, seeing their road. I love it. I love everything about what you just said, and not just because it points directly to what I try to show people and that their influences really do have a huge impact on where they are at this very moment. And, but I love how you took that compassion. You're, you're using your compassion for other people um, to build your business and, and want them and want what's better for them, to have them feel better about what they're doing. I love that. And I want to see more from you. I want to know more about what you're up to, Mr. Callum. What do you have on the horizon? Awesome. Well, I, I will say that one of the things that we put together for this, for this group um, that I've gotten out there is a free goal sheet. Um, it's a very simple, um, but it's one thing that, that's very powerful. So you'll be able to download that. And it's yes, a... Uh, I can't wait to get that up and running. I, it's myself. <laughs> Out and you, it's got three different sections, your spiritual, your mental, and your physical goals. And all you do is you put sticky notes, two sticky notes on each one. And if you want to track your goals weekly or monthly or annually, it's up to you. Um, you choose which goals you want to place on this, but um, it's just a very easy way to organize those and make sure that you're progressing in a balanced way. Um, so the, uh, the it, it's really a kind of a teaser um, and a sample of what's to come with the course. Um, so I've got this, this, these courses coming out, and I've, I've positioned the first three in a 25-day challenge to become a Passion Pro. And uh, those three courses are going to help you define your why in terms of what are your passions and why are they your passions, um, which usually leads to um, – motivating you to get to that next step, but then we then we get stuck and we don't know where to go. So the next mm-hmm. piece of the course is defining your community. Who's in your community and who do you want to be in your community that supports you and why is that community important to you? And then once you've got that community established, and I call that the, the momentum phase of passion, mm-hmm. uh, then it's time to define what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want to be remembered mm-hmm. for? And why is that your legacy? You've got to define your why. If you define your why in all three of those areas, it's going to be hard to stop you. Um, it's going to be hard to stop yourself. It's going to be hard for other people to stop you. And now you'll have a, a clear path and focus for what your purpose is. Um, so those three, those three courses, they're designed for anybody. This isn't an, an entrepreneur thing. Um, it's for anybody who wants passion in their life, who wants to feel more balanced, and achieve more. I'm not a psychologist. I'm no doctor. Um, I'm not even close to that, but uh, I, do, I do have experience in life um, wanting to figure those things out and seeing both sides of that puzzle. And then beyond that, I do have a, a course for those who do want to go the entrepreneurial route for helping people pursue their passion full-time and then understand the marketing principles. And the last one that is just so exciting for me for entrepreneurs is the um, build your converting offer course, um, helping people understand how to actually build an offer that is powerful and that convert by conversion converting. What we mean is uh, drive sales. Um, you know, how do you right. get people to opt in to and, and want to utilize your your powerful and valuable stuff? How do you portray that? Like I said, like I said, I don't know you, my friend. I can't wait for all this comes out. It's right on the. The last thing I want to know really quickly, because I, I this is something that I love for myself, so I'm trying to be a little selfish here. Are there any books 
you recommend us read to sort of help us along, maybe get us to where you want us to be, to, to kind of take advantage of what you have? Well, talk to me real quick about your audience, um, because every every book, I, re I recommend a different book to mostly everybody I talk to, because I think we should be reading books that either magnify our strengths or help us overcome the weaknesses holding us up. Um, so talk to me about your audience real quick, and then I will give you the best book that I feel I would recommend for them. We're looking, we're looking at people who are trying to be leaders in their industry, and they're trying to become more influential, more influential, uh, capture the attention of their their small audience. So it can be um, anywhere from 28, 55, I'd say, men and women, um, just looking to connect a little bit better, engage a little bit better with their uh, with their niche. Awesome. I'm going to give you a super short book that is highly overlooked because it's not on the top trending books of today's day and age. Um, and uh, it's called As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. Um, now, I could give you a four-hour work week. I could give you Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I could give you, you know, Start With Why. All of these are phenomenal books. They're all books that I highly recommend reading. But the As a Man Thinketh by James Allen, uh, this is a book from the 1800s. Um, this is a man who died by the age of 45, um, and the amount of knowledge that he and just wisdom that he downpours through this very poetic um, book that's only 64 pages in big print, um, you, you have to read this book. It is all about understanding that um, uh, the law of attraction, that as you think, the things that you think and let go through your mind will shape your life and who you become and what you achieve. Um, so if you're a fan of The Secret, uh, this is one of, you know, the original Socrates, if you will, of uh, those principles. And uh, just, I, I read it when I was 16. I had a dictionary with me the entire time I read it, and I've read it a couple times since then. Um, wow. I'm so grateful for having that book. I am so glad we had this chance to have this conversation and share it and be able to share with everyone else. I enjoy talking to you, but it's always good to be able to share conversations, valuable, you know, rich conversations with other people that can be helpful to them as well. It was certainly helpful to me. I appreciate you being on the podcast, and I look forward to all those great courses that you have coming out. I will be on the lookout for them and checking out um, passionpro.org um, to see when they all drop, and I'll have everybody on my side um, up to date on that as well. Thank you again for coming. I so truly enjoy having you. Um, Thanks. It's been a pleasure, Andrea. I really appreciate you having me as well. And uh, know that anybody who's following that uh, right early on is going to get free access to those resources. Um, awesome. So I want to make sure that uh, people are rewarded for being there. And, and like I said, I'm following the same principle that Clay Collins and John Lee Dumas and these guys push is I, I'm going to build this and refine this around the audience that is there to help me push these documents and uh, resources forward. So I look forward to hearing all feedback and uh, seeing the progress we can create together. Thank you so much. Whew, that was an amazing plate of PBN style deliciousness. For more on Jackson and his mission to help the masses, remember all the fixings that accompany this PBN style goodness are found over at andreapatrick.com forward slash blog. And don't forget to opt in to the PBN Style email list found at the bottom of each blog post. 
Every cook has her secrets and that's where you'll find mine. Until next time, be the brand with PB and Style. Don't forget to join Andrea over on our websites where all the deliciousness really happens at andreapatrick.com. You can also find her on Facebook at AF Patrick Consult, Twitter at Andrea F. Patrick, LinkedIn at AF Patrick, and Instagram at AF Patrick. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.